Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. Is good. Oh, uh, audio's out. Oh, oh, wait. Maybe it's my recording. Here, speak again. Here. No, yeah, I can hear you. I something happens when, like, when I use Zoom, something happens once I press record. It starts getting a little funky. Um, definitely my interface too. So, um, having some problems with that. Um, hold on. Uh. Sp- can you talk real quick? I want to make sure it's not like super echoey. Yo. Yeah. Yo, good. it's good. It's good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. But, um, so I will warn, I do have a hard cutoff at, at like an hour and a half. Um, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got to start. Um, I've, oddly, I've got sparring tonight, so I got to like get warmed up and I've got to like go get ready mentally for that, especially after last night's UFC event made oh, me even more God. nervous. Yeah, it made me even more nervous for sparring tonight. I was like, God damn, dude. There's just like heads getting ripped off, shins getting broken in half. And I'm like, fuck, I'm about to start sparring tomorrow. Uh, it was it reminded, of, uh, it reminded me of the, uh, what was it, Anderson Silva when he like, yeah. did that. Yeah. And, exact thing. Yeah. And to him, which is the weirdest part, right? Like, yeah. that was the craziest part was, like how full circle that kind of came, um, you know, Chris it, Anderson Silva snaps his ankle on Chris Weidman's knee and then Weidman does it like, was it seven years later in yeah, his fight? Definitely been a minute. Did you watch it live or did you I just did it? I was, I was, I was at a bar, you know, just, I don't know, just some bullshit was happening. Yeah. And everything. I was sick. And then, uh, they, you know, how about we were there? And they put that shit on for like when Masvidal and uh, Usman were like facing off in the very beginning. Yeah. And then they just cut it off, yo. I was sick, yo. Everybody in the bar was just tight. I have absolutely no idea why. That's just what happened. I was pissed. I fucking bet. So, uh, I'm going to have to edit this out so in case they don't get taken down. But got a little funky on me last night um, when I was streaming it. Yeah. I'll edit their names out so they don't get taken down. But uh, I missed the. I was. Wa- it was good for most of it. I missed the ending of the first fight of the uh, Anthony Smith fight. But I saw that he was doing good, and I watched. It, I literally missed like the last forty-five fucking seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and then I had. I saw the Weidman, and then I was doing well for most of the Sevchenko fight, and then. Um, I missed how she finished her, but like I saw that she was dominating her. And I, I, again, like another thing, like I just missed the 45 seconds, the most important 45 seconds of that fight I missed, but I saw that she was dominating her the whole time. So it wasn't like a big, big deal. Um, and then I saw the other two fights, um, man. Um, so the Weidman thing. So watching that live, uh, my girlfriend had to get up at four third or like at, had work at four. So she was getting up at three. Um, I woke her up 
because I was just yelling, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was yelling it dead ass so loud. And she was pissed and like rightfully so. And then I, she was like, I, I when I went to bed, like she was like, you kept me up. Like, you know, can you not do that? And I was like, Lindsay, I'm like, I promise you, I will never do that again. But I'm like, when you see tomorrow on Instagram, what happened, you will understand. She goes, I don't think I will. But whatever. She texted me this morning. I woke up to a text her this morning. She goes, I 100% understand. She's like, that was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Bro, the war. Honestly, when it actually happened, it was like, well, I, I didn't see it live once again. But I saw it on the replay. I was just like, ooh. And then I saw him go to like stand on it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. my God. Yo, yeah. So, well, oh. and so here was the thing. When it first happened. I thought he just landed a really good leg kick because I heard the pop. Like I heard the what sounded like a snap. And I was all, uh -huh. and I thought to myself, I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, that was loud. And I was all, my initial thinking was he just nailed a gnarly leg kick on Uriah yeah. Hall because it sounded nasty. And yeah. then as I was thinking that, he was in the process of going and stepping back and then you just see him fall. And I was like, Oh, and I see his legs in an L and I was like, <laughs> he had I the was L bracket mortified. Leg. And like what you said too, what made it even worse was like, so when you watch the replay, you see him and you see it snap and you can see like a line of blood. You can see the indent. You can see where it's snapped on the ankle, like yeah. on the shin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what makes it worse is he doesn't, it hasn't registered in his yeah. head yet. He just, yeah. his body's kind of in shock and he probably feels something, but he doesn't know what. Yeah. And then as soon as he planted, you could see his whole face just go it with excruciating <laughs> pain. And the thing that made it worse for me is because he did step on it. I was, I was talking to uh, Crystal Bennett. Last night, uh, he called me after all the fights, and I was all, dude, like, I, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to clarify this to everybody. I, I am 100% bro sciencing this, but I immediately I was all, he could lose his leg because, like, not only did he snap it, but then he applied all that pressure. Like, when you put a kick and then you're coming back and planting your foot, like, you're putting mm -hmm. a lot of fucking weight on that ankle, and it, mm -hmm. it just snapped. And I was like, that's so bad. I would not be surprised if he like had the potential to lose his ankle. Yeah. Because you see it like happened to Alex Smith. I mean, I know a lot of it had to do with like the surgeries, but like mm -hmm. you get a bad enough injury like that. I mean, I it was it, it's just nasty. My heart, my heart goes out to him and you know his family and friends. And that's just that's the only the only good thing. Sorry, I'm stealing the limelight with this, but the only good thing I will say to everybody out there, the only positive you can take out of this is. Thank God it was just a bone because and I know that sounds bad, but like when you get ligament tears and you get like uh -huh. tendons ripping, that's a process that nobody's ever the same bones. Generally when they break and break like that, they can come back denser, stronger can, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the times they can come back pretty fucking sturdy bones have that ability to, you know, to rebuild like that. You know, so that's the only positive. So it's not Anderson Silva fought after his in injury for years. So it's not the end of Chris Weidman. He could be back, but it is a gnarly, ugly injury. Yeah. And uh, man, and ironic too, because he ends the fight with that injury, which ended the fight, the fight prior. Anthony Smith gets a massive leg kick on 
that guy and basically shuts down his leg, hits his nerve right where Chris Weidman was aiming. He, he just got it checked. Yeah. What Chris Weidman was an, uh, aiming was what ended the fight prior and the, the, the fight right before them was that it was a low leg kick, ended the fight, great shot, perfect shot. And that's why people do it. But then you see Chris Weidman's. That was like the best comparison of the best case scenario versus the worst case the scenario worst. of late yeah. take. Like right you couldn't the... get a better, you couldn't get a better distinction between the two. Yeah. I saw the, uh, the post uh, press conference or whatever, after like post fight with uh, Dan White. And he said something about like somebody's knee. I didn't get to see that. Um, but I was going to look at that after, but yeah, he said what something about like, somebody, he said something like somebody's knee, like it popped or something. I'm assuming that's what, what it was. What it was like a, a calf kick or no. Um, so uh, Anthony Smith fought Joshua, not Joshua. Hold on, give me one second to live. It's Crute was his last name, but I want to see his his first his first name was UFC. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up too. It was Crute was his last name. I I can't. I don't know his first name. Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute. Yeah. Um. He um so in the first round it pretty much ended. Uh, Anthony Smith throws a leg kick right behind his knee, pretty much, and just like hits his nerve and shuts his whole leg down. I don't know if it blew out his knee, but his knee didn't look good after that. Yeah, and he couldn't walk. Like the doctor actually had to stop the fight because it was going into the second round. They were made, he was like walk to me. The doctor's telling Crew to walk to him, and he was walking forward. And then as he went to go step back to put his back against the cage his leg gave out and the doctor's yeah. like we're done we're done with this we're done with <laughs> the fight it's over i don't know what happened to his knee um the other only knee thing that i know of is um actually two more uh one would be the obvious uh uriah hall so uriah hall's knee was what broke his shin because he checked the kick and so yeah. he ended up kicking that hard part of your knee, which is like mm. one of the hardest parts of your leg. And that's what snapped yeah. his shin. The other one was a guy um, got an ankle lock that from what it sounds like from hearing jujitsu guys talk is like when you get a heel hook or an ankle lock like that, that your leg goes from being fine to ripping tendons in like the mat, like before you even know what's happening, like in the blink of an eye, like that move can just destroy your, your stuff. So I don't know if, that was the fight they were talking about, which was once again, it was um, the fight that they were talking about was uh, Brendan Allen versus Roberson. That was in the prelims. Those are the only three fights that possibly could have knee injuries that I would know of. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the two most infamous are obviously what happened last night in the main card. Um, but uh, what did you hear about it? Why? Uh, like I said, in the post-fight uh, conference or whatever, Dana White just said something. I forget who he was talking about. Like, I just watched it real quick right before I went to bed last night. And that shit, I don't know. He just said something about, he's like, yeah, somebody, his knees, like, he, it doesn't look good. He's like, I'm not a doctor, but his knee looks fucked up. <laughs> so, I don't know. I have to look at it. Oh, who he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, pull it up right now. Where'd you see it? It was we on got time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tripping. Post Remember, I can always take out all the, the delays and stuff. So, I don't have to worry about that. I wonder. I, I'm very curious. His knee does not look good. It must have been Jimmy Crute because Jimmy Crute got fucked up. Yeah. Leg kick. Decompressed, right? He's stable right now, and he'll have surgery. Talk to you guys, you, you know, about it. 
you know, these, these guys came out tonight and performed from the first fight of the night to the main event. And obviously the fans were absolutely insane. It was, it was, it was really, I mean, we had this conversation. I've talked to some of you personally. We've got a lot to talk about in terms of fights, but Chris Weidman, um, what's the latest with him? Do you have any medical updates on him? He's stable right now and he'll have surgery in the morning. Jimmy, Jimmy Crude as well. I mean, was that one of those yeah, weird Jimmy ones Crude. with the nerve or did he maybe a ligament? Do we know? Yeah, no, I don't think that's a nerve. I think, yeah, he blew his knee. He, there's oh. he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't think that's a nerve. He's like, I think he yeah. blew it. Yeah. Jimmy Crude. Um, <laughs> it makes sense, man. I mean, that leg was wobbling. I mean, that that makes sense. That leg was absolutely wobbling. Yeah. Um, that's rough, yo. It's definitely rough. It kind of sucks, though, because, like, you get, like, to stop the fight just because of that or something like that. I mean. Yeah, but, I mean, he could. Fuck. I mean, yeah, there's no chance he probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, Anthony you know? Smith even said it in his post fight. They're all, do you think it was a good stoppage? He goes, yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, because to be honest, like, he goes, if he, he's, a, he's a tough kid. I know he is. I know he wanted to continue to fight. Every fighter would. But he goes, I could see his leg. He's like, he, he was only going to be able to take another one or two kicks to that. But he's like, before the fight would have been ended anyways. Well, yeah. Th so there's like, there's a, what is that? There's a nerve back there. It's like a, a popliteal nerve. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's a big kit. Yeah. That's why people, yeah. that's why people try and fuck up the calf and the knee is yeah. because of that. Well, that's kind of what uh, Poirier did to McGregor too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, yo, I never got kicked like that before. Yeah, but, and McGregor had a lot of mistakes in that first fight with Poirier. Oh. That'll be an interesting backup. Um, so, like, here's the difference is, like, that I learned in boxing was, um, so boxers, they put all their foot on, they all put pretty much all their weights on the front, like, oh, leaning yeah. forward, uh, where because of kicks, because of all that, in mixed martial arts, everybody puts weight on their back foot, uh, even when you're striking. It's always yeah. that back foot is where your weight is. So it's that weight shift, and you could see it in McGregor when he was fighting, uh Poirier he was leaning so far forward and heavy on that front foot and so when he was eating kicks he was eating them bad yeah. and uh man it's a deadly kick and it really can change the fucking fight but then you can see why people don't do it you know and why <laughs> why a lot of people don't like it Shevchenko even said she had to turn it off in the back uh because her fight was right after um was her fight was right after that and so she was mm -hmm. like this is why i don't really like to throw leg kicks because yeah. she goes i understand that there's a benefit to them but that's why they're so dangerous because she's like yeah. a lot of times when you get these breaks it's shin on shin knee on shin and that's what will fucking i mean next time anybody's watching just watch the fights of these kids who are throwing shin shin uh or uh calf kicks like you'll even see that if it gets checked once or twice, you'll see their their legs and their shins are red. They're getting they're beat red. up. And even they're the ones that they're throwing the kicks. So it's, you know, it's not an easy one. It's it's just it's a high risk, high reward move, but yeah. I mean, it can really, really change the course of a fight with when if you nail those calf kicks, man. Yeah. It takes away everybody's whole game plan. So so when you're seeing the Wyman thing, yo, the only thing since like I said, I didn't hear it or anything. The only thing I could think of, like, what it would sound like, you know how after, like, uh, the, the fight is, like, 10 seconds left and they, like, snap that thing? Yeah. Is that what yeah, it yeah. sounded like? Yeah. It, it sound, honestly, that's actually a great, that's actually a great um, uh, example. Yeah, that's actually, it sounded like that, but louder. 
you know that you know that you know how it sounds it sounds like a, a, a like a, almost like a bamboo stick hitting something yeah yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah no it sounds like it's so when you know it's obviously easy to say this with hindsight's 2020 but like when mm. joe rogan was talking about it and he goes he was saying he was like you know when i heard it i thought he landed a nasty leg kick yeah. because when you play it back though and it's so true it's like when you play it back in your head and you now know that it was like you can hear it and you're like oh wow like you were hearing his bones snap. the bone that yeah. was what the bone that was what that noise was his bone fucking snapping it sounded it sounded like you know when you were a kid and you were taking twigs and like maybe maybe you didn't do this um but you would like take twigs and you like <laughs> you just snap it on like a tree or something right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's what it sounded like, but like a two by four. Like it sounded like a like a thick fucking branch just being snapped, and it was it. It was weird because you know it was an emotional roller coaster for me as a as a viewer because I went from that was a nasty leg kick to holy shit <laughs> he doesn't have a leg in like a span of like two fucking minutes and not even like two seconds and. Yeah. And like, even he said, which was the gnarlier one, he was like, as Joe Rogan pointed out, he goes, it was also the first strike of the entire fight. Like it was 17 seconds into the fight. Like they had been circling, they were getting their yeah. range. And uh -huh. then it was literally no punch had been thrown. No, not even like the little, you know, where people find yeah, the yeah, yeah, jabs, yeah, like yeah. not even those types of punches had been thrown. Yeah. Like they were circling, they were doing in and out, in and out. And then he came in and whap, just destroyed his leg yeah i saw ufc posted something on instagram today and they said it's like this is the first time in history that there has been a uh, a winner that has not thrown one strike yeah wild it, and you know what I, you know what and i this is also why i i personally love and i have so much like just emotion towards fighters excuse me um uriah hall after the fight like has to be put on the fucking spot joe rogan's questions to him like you know, what are your thoughts? And he's like, he didn't even get to throw a punch. And he, it, all he did was check a leg kick. And now he's sitting there and he's, somebody has to tell him he came in here for a battle, redemption, all these things. And like, he doesn't get to have any of it. Yeah. He handled it beautifully, man. Uriah yeah. Hall. And he basically, basically just made it like a, a Chris Weidman appreciation talk. And, Mm. Um, it was, it was beautiful, man. That's why I love these fighters. Like that, that's why I truly, truly do love fighters is like mm. what they do is grueling and brutal. So that when you see these fighters, like give respect to each other, it's just, it's, it's a thing of beauty, man. It's, it's just nice. And then, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> I just, how are you with like injuries like that? Like, do you, do you care or you uh, not really bother you? I'm, it doesn't bother me that much. I, the really? one, you know, the one time I went to, I saw the, oh, who was it? It was an Adrian Broner fight. Um, oh. He was fighting. I forget who he was fighting. I, was it Pacquiao? Are you talking about? Is it with the one where he lost and like? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he lost. But like, there was like a wasn't Pacquiao. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it was like a fight before that, and I was at I was at like a fucking Dave and Buster's or something. So that shit was on a huge screen, and some dude got a fucking split open head, and like. Yo, like you see when these UFC fighters or like boxers or whatever they get split like that. Yeah. Even like the Nate Diaz fight with Masvidal when his yeah. fucking shit got split, bro. This man's in the boxing match. His head was fucking split open so bad that like I I got queasy. Like I literally got queasy. Really? Like, I was just like, and that never happens to me. Like I don't care about blood and shit like that. Like 
I fuck with that. Like when when people get bloody in UFC, I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is a fight. And usually <laughs> it's, the, it's the girl fights that get bloody like that. But yo, his it, it was like, I swear to God, like it was it wasn't the blood. It was literally the split. Like I felt like I could see his fucking bone in his forehead. Like it was fucked oh. up. You know? And I was oh. I got I literally got queasy, bro. I was just like, holy! I, I felt like I was getting lightheaded. Like. It was strange. It was the strangest thing that's ever happened. Like, I was just like, yo, what, what's going on right now? I had to, like, walk around, go get a drink and shit. But it was bad. It was really fucked up. That's that's horrible, man. And, yeah, there, there's always – there's some fights, I you know, I can't remember. But I, I just remember, like, I've seen fights where, like, that'll happen. And, or you'll see, like, in their eye, it's like the skin flaps, like, hanging. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're just mm-hmm. like, dude – like you need a fucking you need three staples in that right now you don't need fighting and taking more (laughs) every single time that stuff happens or like maybe like a broken nose or something like that i just think i'm just like okay that shit fucking hurt guaranteed when it happened but imagine getting hit after that in the same spot by a fucking punch okay so i've wondered that before so i've broken my nose before um didn't when it happened didn't feel it like I knew something happened to my nose, yeah. Yeah. but I was just checking it. Cause it was like, like that buzzing feeling, you know, after you get a big injury, which probably like Chris Weidman probably felt after yeah. he landed the kick and he was coming back. Cause you even see it in the slow motion to get off track here. Chris Weidman, after he kicks it and he's bringing his foot back, like you can see his face, like he hasn't registered yet. He feels a, like a sting almost, but he has no idea. He's like already thinking of his next fight and then it all mm-hmm. happens. So with me, like when I broke my nose, I could just feel like a buzzing around my face, but I didn't feel pain. Uh, Mm -hmm. It wasn't until like after my adrenaline wore off of what happened. Then all of a sudden my head started like it, it started hurting. Like it felt like somebody hit me with a bat in the back of the head. Um, but that was really, really painful. Like I couldn't open my eyes, but yeah, I've always wondered about it in a fight because their adrenaline jump, I imagine their adrenaline starts to really kind of wear off like after the first round. Yeah. So I, I've always been curious about the same thing. I've always wanted to ask a fighter like, hey, like if you broke your nose and you have four more fucking rounds, like what does that feel like to get hit? Because, yeah. you know, there's got to be a mixture of adrenaline. Like what what's that like? I, I have no idea. Yeah, see, like I wonder if it's like if it's almost like an, if it gets numb. Like or or the split or something right. like that. Like, is it just numb or like do they, do they does it hurt even more? Like, I I, I, I gotta imagine it doesn't feel good. Um, Definitely I gotta not. imagine it's one of those things though where it's like it doesn't feel good, and they probably don't notice it until they get hit in it again, and then they realize like fuck that really hurts. But yeah. when like, cause like I, when I had it, I had when I broke my nose, I was out like a week, um. And then because I still had some of like our summer season left and I didn't want to miss it. So Uh I played like the remaining two months of basketball with a broken nose. And yeah, like it hurt, like it hurt like the first about three weeks afterwards. Anytime it got hit during a play, it would really hurt. But after a while, the nose starts to set a little bit and it doesn't really hurt as much. But yeah, yeah, no, it was... uh, I can't imagine that, that it feels good, but I've always been curious to like ask that to an actual fighter. Like, you know, you know, cause you got, you do, you got a lot, you got, you're focusing on the fight. So you don't really like, you're probably not paying attention too much to your injuries. Cause you're trying not to get KO'd by somebody at the current moment. Yeah. So I, I am curious. Yeah. That's a great question. I wish I fucking knew, man. I wish I knew. Hold on. So one I got to ask you. 
Hold on one uh, second, one second. Good. All right, ask away. Sorry, I got uh, my girl got me a coffee. So, okay. so I was gonna ask. Um, now with this, uh, well, first of all, I think I, you saw that the the McGregor trilogy is happening with Poirier yeah. now. So that's that. Um, I was gonna ask, what do you think the next thing for either? Uh, I mean, Rose right now. What do you what do you think her next move is gonna be? She's definitely defended. I think there's a title. There's going to be a number one contention fight um, between a couple of straw weights that are moving up right now. I, um, I can't pronounce their names, so I'm not going to go ahead and uh, attempt to do that. <laughs> I, I'm terrible. A lot, and you get a lot of these foreign names, and I don't want to. I don't want to be a dick and like butcher it or, you know, act like I don't care to try and enunciate it right. So, uh, but she's going to have a title fight with. Um, there's a couple of. Let me see real quick. Cause she came, she's on the rebound, yo, big time. Well, she was like, she actually, her story is interesting too, because it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, you have, um, a fighter who she became champion young and she was good and she was just super killer. And mm -hmm. then it was like, when she made that champion, like when she became champion, it was almost like she didn't have that fire anymore. And yeah. she was like looking for a reason to fight and she didn't seem happy Yeah. for now. She's like, uh, just, she's found it. She found it that that's what she wants to do. Um, you know, she's, she's going to be good. Um, she could fight Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern is an animal on the ground. Um, she's, a badass she does not like to stand up and fight but it if rose can keep it on the feet she's she's a monster um mackenzie dern that would be a good fight she probably needs one more um yan uh gianna she's an, she's another ranked straw weight she's uh, i think a chinese i think she's chinese yeah she's um 13 and one so she's um She'd be another great fight too. Um, yeah, she's got some fights, but she's got she's got some good fights coming up that she could possibly do. I'm gonna be honest, I don't know how well she's gonna do because one, Rose is a badass, and two, I thought Zhang Wei Li. I thought Zhang Wei Li was gonna was gonna win. To be honest, like I, I thought she was gonna win. I, I wanted Rose. Was rooting for Rose. Um, yeah. I think Rose Rose is one of my favorite fighters, um, but. I did. I just because John was just so strong. I didn't know. I, I just didn't know how Rose was going to be able to handle that. Mm -hmm. um, not that Rose can't take a hit, but just like in to me in women's UFC, when there's when there's a power difference, it's just night and day. The fight, yeah. like yeah. it's just it makes a clear difference, you know. Yeah. Um. So I I I don't know, but I, I she's a badass, bro. Um. Did you watch the kick? I saw it, yeah. Perfect. What did you think though. of it? It was fucking just perfect. No other word to describe yeah. that, right? It was just perfect, yeah. Hit hit right at the spot that it needed to. No, no um, you know, blocking of it all. It was crazy. That shit was wild. Just yeah, right it, threaded it right in there. And crazy. my favorite part about it too is it was it was so perfect that Jean Wei Lee didn't even know it happened. She yeah. stood up and was pissed and she was like, why would you stop the fight? What's like, she had no idea. She had just gotten knocked out. Like that's yeah. how good of a lights out it was is she mm -hmm. had zero idea. She was just KO'd. Yeah. 
Same thing wow. happened with Masvidal. Masvidal, apparently, he didn't. He was looking at his corner like, what the hell happened? And his corner was trying to tell him that he got knocked out, and he didn't believe it. He goes, no way. He's like, there's no way. the first time he got knocked out. In yeah, in his entire life, you know. Um, Yo, I don't you know. Ever, was no, I was go, gonna go. say, did you ever see the the fights of like Masvidal in the street fights and shit like that? Did you ever watch those? Okay, so I didn't know he was Ma- Masvidal at the time, but I mean, like yeah, this yeah. was like when Kimbo, yeah, yep. actually when Kimbo was doing it regularly on YouTube, yeah, I watched it and I actually watched. I didn't know it was him until years later, until he got in the yeah. UFC and they brought it up, and then I saw the video. I'm like, oh my god, I've watched that video, and <laughs> so I didn't know it at the time, but yeah, I I had watch I did watch him like growing up in street fights, yeah. And uh, did you think he was gonna get KO'd? Not K- not like that. I I thought okay. So this is how I thought the fight would play out. Was I thought I thought um, I thought Usman would win either by like another unanimous decision, like another fifty forty five type of thing, yeah. or I thought he would get like a late TKO. I didn't yeah. think he would like worry. We get stopped because of punches, which right. people want to know what the difference between TKO and KO is. A KO is what happened to Masvidal, and a, a TKO is like you get popped and you get sat down. You're not unconscious, but then the guy's on top of you and he's just beating the living crap out of you. And the ref's like, "All right, you can't even defend yourself. Like we're just we're done with this. Like this is over." Yeah. And you're not loopy. Like you're not like what the fuck happened. Like you you know it's generally you just got sat and attacked sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was not what I was expecting, but yeah. I will say Usman, he's got pistons for hands, bro. Like he can sit motherfuckers down now. And to kind of talk on that uh, briefly, like the whole Usman is boring. It was okay. My, my opinion of it has changed, but my opinion of it has changed because the fighter has changed. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Usman's improved on his striking vastly, but everybody who thought Usman was boring were right in the very beginning because the beginning before he before all, leading up up until um, the Masvidal fight, like Usman was a pretty boring fighter. And then his biggest stage, his biggest of all, was his first Masvidal fight mm-hmm. in the fight that everybody, mostly everybody, sees of Usman for the first time is him cage riding. That's why you get that. That's why you Put get that. Him, yeah. And that's why you get that that uh stereotype Table, stereotype yeah. reputation. Table, yeah. yeah, you get the reputation of being a boring fighter. Yeah. Now, kudos to Usman because he's worked on his striking and not only is he a fucking strong as an ox, but when he lands those things, I mean, he sits motherfuckers down with yeah. that. Like he sits motherfuckers like down down like he that was a gnarly KO of yeah, uh, uh, Masvidal. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he was, he was, he was lights out. Like he, I, I believe it. Like he probably woke up. He was just like, like what happened? There's yeah. like, yeah. He's just, what did know, you he, think I, about the first round? I want to ask you about that. Um, I feel like it was going good. Like he got a couple hits there, and like I know I seen. Uh, I actually it might have been the second around there right before he got knocked out but like he, he got like a quick uh like a, a straight jab or something on on Masvidal and he like backed up a little bit but he still got hit and then like he went like this to him and I was just like when I was watching the, the first fight or the first round of the fight it, it looked like they were you know like toe-to-toe you know I'm not not toe-to-toe but as much as just like I just didn't think he was gonna get knocked out like I felt like it was still like yeah. he was still in it you know 
but that shit just happened in an instant like that. And that's the craziest thing about UFC that I, I, I fuck with so much is just like you could literally be do- like be dominating the whole fight. And then like, dude, it could just it doesn't even need to be a hard hit necessarily. It just needs to be a place, a, a correctly placed hit yeah. right to the temple or right on the chin. Like, yo, but I saw it in the slow-mo when he fucking knocked him like that. All the sweat pops off and shit. I was yes. just like, yo, he fucking I, rocked him, yo. I saw it live. When I was watching it live and I saw all the sweat come off, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> whenever that happens, whenever that yeah. happens. The fight's over. You know it. Whenever you see yeah. a ju- big spray of water come off somebody's head like that, it generally lights out. Uh, I don't know. It kind of it's like, I mean, they don't fuck with each other regardless. But like, I I don't know if it was the first. I think it was the first fight after like the the unanimous decision came out and everything. Uh, M- Masvidal was just like, "Yo, he's got the softest punches I've ever felt." That's literally what he said. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, he's just like he's just being a dick. He's just like trolling yeah. or whatever. But like. Man, don't look like those punches are soft now, yo. Yeah, I mean, it was just a perfectly timed everything about it. You know, I will say just to just to be a contrarian, I don't really believe this, but to be the contrarian. So in in, in fighting, it's like he could actually have not really hard hits. Now, I don't believe that, but he yeah. could actually not be a really hard hitter. And if you watch it over, it was just a perfectly timed punch. Masvidal yeah. was coming in trying to counter with a left hook and he just met him with a straight and it just was perfect on the fucking chin on the jawline and he was moving forward. So you got momentum coming at momentum going in the opposite direction. That's just a lot of force that'll yeah. knock out a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think I, I think he does hit hard, but, you know, you could argue it if you want to be contrarian that, you know, well, it's just a perfectly placed shot. And like it, like you said, when you have four ounce gloves and you got great strikers, you don't necessarily need a lot of power. The margin uh-huh. of error is so thin mm-hmm. in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And that's why I hate, maybe I want to get your opinion on this. What do you think? Like when the, when you hear all the fans, like when the fight's a little slower and the fans are like booing and they're like, you see him, like people are testing out, maybe they're not swinging a lot or they're up against the cage and the clinch um, and the fans start booing. What are your kind of thoughts on that? Well, for me, all right. So this is the thing. It's like, obviously I'm not a fighter. I've never fought like that. Uh, a mixed martial arts or anything. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know like what, how shit goes the thing that gets me mad is like okay so when you're a lot of people don't know or that you know just casual watchers or whatever viewers when you're in the clinch like that that's like that's a you have to have a lot of like endurance and shit that takes a lot away from your muscles and stuff like these guys are fucking huge bro like they're trying to move and for you to keep them in the clinch like that that's like that's like all your arms their arm strength is just getting more yeah you know what i mean so when they're the thing that gets me mad is when they're in the clinch and they're not working. Yeah. So like, if they're literally just like you said, like just cage hugging, like just sitting there for a break. And like, once again, I'm not in there and I, I don't know what it's like. So I'm assuming it, you, you sometimes you need to take a fucking break, both fighters yeah. or whatever. It's like, yo, like it's kind of just like that known thing or whatever. Like we're up yeah. on the cage for fourth round or whatever. It's like, yo, we're taking a little breather for a second here. Right. But when it's, especially when it's in the beginning of a fight, it's just like, it's just not fun to watch. Or even, even when like, uh, if they get on the ground or something and they're not moving positions, they're not, you know what I mean? They're not getting to a full mount and then going to side or like things like that. If right. they're just fucking sitting on top of them, it's just like, 
you know, like stand up and fight and then see where it goes from there or whatever. But as much as the beginning, once again, is like when they're, you know, kind of finding their range and shit like that, testing out the feints and shit like that. It's like you got to realize now if that shit goes on until the third or fourth round, I'm like, all right, like you got to start throwing some punches here. Just me as a viewer. But well, in the beginning and stuff, that's that's I mean, I feel like it's necessary. You kind of just right. need to see what what they're i mean that's how you gauge what the fighter is about to do kind of like range yeah oh no, exactly because that's timing. all important yeah exactly well a lot of the things too is like yo these guys it's like i feel like it goes over a lot of people's heads too and like even myself uh you have to realize that these people go into these fights and they have these training camps and they they study their opponents like fucking film for basketball yeah. for bait like or uh for football or anything like that they study this film and like y- you're able to um or at least these fighters are able to study them so much to the point where they're like oh when he throws this right feint and he always goes for that left hook or like whatever you know what i right. mean yeah and yeah. it's like they're so smart and they're so uh like well trained and just used to performing and things like that that even while like the, the the heat of the moment, even when that shit happens during the fight, they, they still are able to recall that from the from the, the tapes and everything and be like, oh, like I see he does this. And as soon as it happens, like I'm going to try and counter this way and shit like that. And they can do it so quickly because they're just so good at what they do. But it's like I feel like a lot of people don't really realize that, that it's like a lot of people just think, oh, they go in there and they fight. Like yeah. there, it, it's a lot more detailed than that. You know what I mean? There is literally like there, obviously there's technique behind shit like that, but there's also technique behind the training camps and shit like that. And that's why, Oh yeah. Even, that's why I was like, I was a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like more, more hype for this Masvidal fight, just because I knew he had a camp this time. The last time was fucking four days, bro. Like they, yeah. they took the fight on like five days notice or whatever it was a week notice and stuff yeah, like that. Sucks, yeah. And I was just like, I just figured this time he'd be able to be like, okay, well, this is what I did wrong the first time and we're going to try and change it and everything. But like, once again, it's just like, you just never know that one perfect hit and that's it. That's all it takes. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, I wanted Masvidal to win just because I want to see that belt change. But um, I, I knew Usman was going to win. It's just Same. like at the end of the day too, he, he just, regardless of the the KO, the TKO or anything like that happens, like, I feel like he just, he knows how to win. He knows how to, uh, like, what is going to make him win the job, whether it comes down to decision or whatever. It's like, he knows how to control fights and and he, he typically stays like pretty active at least, um, you know, he's a very active fighter. I I I mean, as much as I may not like him, um, he, he's a very active fighter. He's, he's a very, been, very yeah. active fighter. He's he's had these last couple of fights very like back to back kind of, yep. and and he's he, I saw that in the post interview too. He said, um, somebody I don't know, bring this up too. Somebody said about Colby, and uh, he was just like, oh, like well, we'll we'll see where it goes. Like I got to do another camp, and then I mean, he's just like, I never. He's like, I waited a long time, and like. Uh, people um that had the belt before me or whatever like they they would they would turn people down and shit like that and everything he's just like yo every single person that they like put me up against or like wanted me to fight he's like i ain't never turned down anything i ain't never turned down no one and he's just like i fucking i'm lapping them now so yeah the the colby the colby fight will will be very interesting him and Usman. um 
it's going to happen. Uh, that's the next fight at 170 for the championship yeah. belt. That's the next fight. Um, you know, I, I don't think. I think it's interesting where he goes. He says he doesn't want to move up to 185 to fight Izzy. Now he says it because of the whole Nigerian thing. Like he doesn't. He wants two Nigerian yeah. Uh, champions. Yeah. I think the reality what he knows is if he went up against Israel Adesanya, Israel Adesanya would take his fucking head off. Izzy's just too big for him. Yeah, Usman could take him to the ground, maybe. But when you're six four, it's really hard to take shorter people. It's really hard for shorter people to take tall people down, just yeah. because they have a strong, they have a wider base they can make. So it's harder to take them down. Yeah, he's a great example of why he's really good at that. It took somebody in a higher weight division to really take him down and and manhandle him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think somebody moving up to his division will be able to do that unless you're like really big for a welterweight. Yeah. Usman doesn't seem like he's having a very hard time making weight. Not that Usman's not big, not saying that at all, but he doesn't seem like, like generally when you get like a big 170 or like it's, you'll see it's like hard for them to make weight. Usman came in at 169.5. Yeah. It's clearly not hard for him to make this weight. Um, could he? I, I think he's he's big for welterweight, but I think he's average for middleweight. To be honest, I don't I don't know how good he would be at middleweight. I could be one hundred percent wrong, but yeah. I'm not. I, I just don't know. I think he knows that he just couldn't beat Izzy, and that's why he's not going to fight Izzy. I, I think he's I think he's well aware that Izzy's striking and takedown defense will pick him apart. Like he his as good as Usman might be now at striking versus what he was. There's like maybe two people in the world that have the striking on the level of um, Israel Adesanya. Yeah. So I, I want to segue into something else here. So uh, first, just real quick, I, I know you probably saw Tyrone Woodley got a uh, he got dropped from the UFC. Yeah. I mean, I saw it coming. He lost. Same, last yeah. Four. He's but, lost his last four. Yeah. yeah. But um, the next thing I was gonna say is like, what do you think about John John Jones um, and Ngannou? Well, I don't what? think it's going to happen now. No? Uh, first of all, John Jones and Dana White hate each other. They've never I mean, liked yeah. each other yeah. ever. So getting that contract stuff negotiated. All right. So my, I, I kind of like, I get why John Jones would want to negotiate a new contract. I do. Why wouldn't you? It's a, it's a, it, it's very common for people when you're getting to a big, big fight, no matter what your contract says, to renegotiate and get a bigger contract. It's yeah. very commonplace. So anybody saying he has a contract, stick it out, blah, blah, blah. All right, go fuck yourself. You don't know much about business then because even if even if Connor, if Connor uh, McGregor had a contract, whatever his contract is, and there was another, say he and Khabib were going to fight for a second time for the lightweight heavyweight, yeah. uh, heavyweight belt, right? Or like, uh, lightweight belt. Connor and Khabib are both going to negotiate for bigger contracts. Yeah. It's just I mean, going to happen. That's the way the world, the business world. Um, so I don't get mad at him for asking that. Now I don't know how much of what is true. Dana saying he wants thirty million. John Jones is calling him a liar. I will say this: John Jones makes a lot of fucking money. So for him to, I do disagree when he comes out and says I'm being underpaid. Because first of all, John Jones, buddy, you don't sell fights, man. Like you don't. He doesn't. If you go and look at his numbers, he's never he's never had a fight sell more than a, he's never had a fight sell uh, a million or more pay per views. He's never had a fight sell nine hundred thousand or more pay per views. 
he's never even sold 900,000 pay-per-views in any in his biggest fight. His biggest fight is him and Cormier too. And he sold yeah. like 860,000, which is good, but yeah, it ain't, sure. he ain't even come close to a million. They, they had that beef too, which definitely hyped that up. Right. As well. And Big he's time. an Olympic wrestler and yeah. Daniel Cormier, you know, he failed the drug test the time before. And then it's like, so there's a lot, like, there's a lot of reasons that that fight would have been a big draw. He just doesn't sell. He just doesn't sell fights. And so for him to come in now, if he's making, he wants like a million show, a million to win and pay-per-view points readjusted, stuff like that. Sure. But like, what are you asking? I, is he asking for something ridiculous? Because I could tell you right now, I wouldn't pay John Jones 30 million for an Nganu fight when I know he's probably the only... The only reason he would get over a million cells in this fight with Nganu is because of Nganu. Yeah. Because Nganu can take his head off in one punch. That's the only reason people would watch it, in my opinion. So I don't I don't get mad at him for wanting to renegotiate, but like he's got to be reasonable. He could be he could very well be being reasonable and and Dana White could just not I don't think it's gonna happen though. Yeah. I think realistically what's probably gonna happen is Jan Blahovich is going to beat Glover Teixeira, and then he and John Jones are going to fight for the light heavyweight. I think that's what's going to happen. I think John's going to go back down when he doesn't get this fight with Ngannou, yeah. and uh, I think that's I think that's really what's going to happen here. So theoretically, if it would happen, it probably won't. But regardless, if it would happen, do you think John Jones be able to take that? I don't think he'd be able to take it, but I think John Jones. I think John Jones would have a good shot of winning because he's a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. And Ganyu is just so big and so muscular that he takes so much energy to like yeah. you have Stipe, to wear him out. Yeah. It, Stipe Stipe's plan wasn't not working in that fight that he lost. Yeah. It it wasn't not working. He was he was doing fine. Um he even rocked Ngannou right like seconds before he got knocked out. Um yeah. now that being said, Nganu, it's it's a that's a motherfucker of a task to to go out and say I need you to survive two rounds because after two rounds you can beat him, but to be able to say you got to survive ten minutes with that motherfucker, that's a huge task for anybody to take on. So I, I, I like it is that just and I think if, the whole key to me to beating Francis is surviving the first two rounds. About the the back end of the second round, I think you'll start to see John Jones start progressing. Um, But then I think, yeah, I think John Jones just wears him out. And if he's if John Jones is, I think what he's at right now is he's sitting around about two fifty, two forty five, two fifty. You know, I don't I don't see it being a massive problem for him to take down Mm Ngannou. But yeah, I think I think you're gonna. It's gonna be one of those fights that he's gonna win by a uh, unanimous decision by grueling him out. I, I think John Jones can do it. I, it's not about skill. It's really not for me. Yeah. I don't think like I, I would never. As much as I don't like John Jones because I fucking hate him. I he annoys the fucking piss out of me, bro. I hate him. Uh, but he's an excellent fighter. Excellent yeah. fighter. Like I'll, I'll never. I will never talk shit about him as a fighter. Um, just him as a person. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean uh, that that would be a very very good fight. I think um, it'd be entertaining for sure. Um, man, yeah, I don't know. What do you what would you think about it? Like, do you want it to happen or do you not really care? Honestly, I just maybe I haven't I haven't seen uh, you know John. 
I mean, who who has John Jones fought that was like like really big like that? Even like you know his his you know his previous fights. Obviously, he hasn't fought. Probably in, Reyes would be one of his bigger. That's ones. what I was thinking. And like to me, it's like that fight with John Jones and the, uh, they they fought uh, twice or once. Reyes and Jones only fought once. They fought that one time. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I think Reyes might have won that fight. Oh, I do. I thought Reyes. I and here's the thing: is I was actually cheering for John Jones because. I didn't like Reyes at that point either because Reyes, mm-hmm. I thought, while undefeated, he was just running his mouth too much. I thought he was too yeah. early in the game. Yeah, I was. So I was like, "Fuck that!" Like, don't run your mouth to the, to a guy who's a king, and you're just so early. Like, you're a young yeah. pup at this point. So I was like, "John Jones, yeah. go do your thing." And um, I, I honestly, it was like before the decision was made, I was like, "Wow, I can't." I'm like, I can't believe Dominic. I'm like, I don't know how they're gonna give this to John Jones because like I thought Dominic Reyes won the fight. That's what I thought too. And and so that's what I was literally just gonna say is like he's probably the bit like one of the bigger guys that John Jones fought, and he's not as big as Nganu. And he I think I think he won that fight for sure. I don't know. I was like, yo, there's I said the same thing. I was like, dude, there's no way John Jones is gonna get this fight. There's no way. So like I was really shocked when he won. I I was like, okay, uh that's what I'm saying. saying. (laughs) I think I think Nganu. I just I don't know. I don't think John Jones would be able to, to to last a couple of those punches, bro. If he gets a clean couple hits, like that man is a bad man, bro. He's big. He's yo. a great train. He's, He's a, a fucking great train. train. He's right, yo. Yeah. So I just I personally like I know what you're saying, like I I agree with you. It's like if he could get past those first two rounds, maybe like halfway into the third. Depending on how his uh Ngannou's training is and, and and his you know stamina and everything coming yeah. into the fight, but I just uh, bro, I don't know who could do it. I don't know who well, can last like that. Well, well, well. So I do want to. Did you see this? Did you see Steve Miocic? His Instagram. No. Nah. He posted yesterday on Saturday. I got goosebumps. Just I, I literally have goosebumps right now about to say this. I first Stipe is one of my favorite fighters. I love Stipe. Incredible guy. And I've never the way it's going to be such a weird compliment. The way he takes Francis and Ganu's hits and would just keep moving was I had never seen anything like that. Yeah. Like you were talking about a guy who literally takes people's heads off. He's the only person I've ever seen be able to take Francis and Ganu's full like a full haymaker. fucking like a full haymaker from Francis and Ganu. He's the only person I've seen be able to take it and keep moving forward. And yeah, yeah, he eventually got knocked out, but like, it wasn't like it, you know, I, I, my thing is he, he took, he ate about four or five. It took about Ngannou's like fifth or sixth massive power punch to actually sit him down. Yeah. And, um, so he put on his Instagram the other day, he goes, I woke up feeling like a bad man this morning and feeling like a beast. He goes next stop two fifty. So he's gonna put on he's gonna put on 17 pounds of yeah. muscle. Mm-hmm. Francis or uh Stipe is he's gonna yeah. get up to 250, bro. This is insane. And dude. he and he rocked in Ganu at 233 yeah. with a nice check. It was like a nice check counter. Mm-hmm. And he he rocked in Ganu at 233 with that. Him at 250. Now you got 17 pounds more of muscle that he's going to be able to take and gone you down. He couldn't take him down last time in the first round, and he, he almost got knocked out when he was fight, fighting and gone you at 233. But 
man, 17 pounds more muscle on, on Stipe Miocic. That's a bad fucking man right there in itself. That that's a fight I want to see. 250, 250. That's bigger than he was at his first fight with Francis, too. His first fight with Francis, I think he was 240, two like uh 245 to uh 240, something like that. Um, so he's gonna be 250. And he's the only person who can really eat in Ganu's hits. Yeah. That's a great fight. That's a great fucking trilogy right there. Mm-hmm. Um and uh but you know what i i here's the thing i want to see francis i want to see him defend it because i want him to be to me like the always thing is like you win the belt you got to defend it at least once to be a a, like a true true champion yeah yeah like that's the whole thing um i like francis and ganu a lot so i have no like as much as i didn't want him to beat stipe i couldn't have been like it to me it was like one in one a i'm like you know what if if anybody was going to beat stipe i'm glad it was francis um so yeah what do you think about Derek lewis though Derek lewis and francis is apparently the next title fight that's two sludge hammers basically in there oh dude he, yo, he's a fucking character, bro. <laughs> I mean, he's a fucking character. That's why I like him. Um, obviously, like, I, he, he's a he's a fucking tank too. But yeah, he he, all those the post fights like uh, after he wins and stuff like that. He's, he's just, like, wait, he's, he's so yeah, funny. Yeah, he's just funny as shit, yo. He's just like he's, got he's got just that. a true brawler, bro. He's uh-huh, just a true uh-huh. brawler. So, so this was my opinion. I want to hear your your thoughts on it with with these two guys. Um. So I think Derek Lewis hits harder than Francis Ngannou. Like overall, I think he is a harder hitter. Yeah. I don't want to say and it's not even close, but I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. I don't want to say it's not even close, but it's clear to me that uh, Derek Lewis hits harder. But yeah. here's the big but, and I think a big point that really does truly matter. Francis Ngannou is a far more skilled striker, and his yeah. power is not much less than Derek yeah. Lewis's. And that's mm-hmm. what makes think me think that, you know, I think Francis is way better because I think Francis has a power or just, just below that power level, but he's got skill where, yeah. you know, Derek Lewis, he's basically going out there and just swinging two sludge hammers at your face yeah. and hoping yeah. to connect. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I feel like uh, Francis Ngannou is more, more, uh, you know, te- technically skilled is, is exactly what you're saying there. Um, I think he's pr- probably in better shape than too, obviously just stamina wise and everything too. So it's like, obviously they're two fucking massive dudes, but, um, it's kind of the same thing is, is what we were saying about John Jones. Like if, if Francis Ngannou can just, you know, do what he needs to do for the first couple of rounds or whatever, like I think Derek Lewis will get tired out. And if yeah. by then that power difference is going to be a lot, it's going to be less than because he's going to be tired. And then obviously Ngannou is going to be tired too, but I agree though. I think he's, he's better on his feet and just like stri- actual striking, uh, you know, ability or technique, whatever you want to say about it. But uh, once again, dude, when you're, when you're talking about these dudes that are fucking 250 plus pounds of just pure muscle or, or just mass gloves. in general with dude, it's like, like you literally said, it, it's like you slinging two fucking sledgehammers at yeah. these people's faces. And it's just like, yo, like, that shit gets me. I'm just like, yo, I, I, it's when wild. the heavyweights, when whenever a heavyweight fight comes out, and I'm just like, 
I just hold my breath, man, because I'm like, these guys, every single heavyweight has one touch power. They just do. They're just so big. Now you yep. get people who who separate themselves, like Francis and Derek Lewis, who were just like scary, scary one hit power. But like every single one of these heavyweights, if they land a good shot, they're taking another heavyweight's head off. Like these guys just are just so big, man. And yeah. I was explaining that to my girlfriend the other day because they're like, we were talking and She's like, you know, we were talking about all the weight classes of like, you know, fly weights. I'm like, you know, you're, you're generally never going to get somebody who has like very powerful punches where you're getting people who are sleeping somebody at the flyweight divisions because they're 125 pound guys. Uh, I was like, Davison Figueredo is probably the champion. He's probably the only person who has that ability. And that's why it's so insane when he fights, because it's like that's insane power at 125. 135 you get a couple guys who have some pop 145 and i was like and then it just progressively gets more and more and i was like you know and then you get to like then you get to heavyweight and every single one of them has it and yeah. you know you if you find that like a lightweight with one touch like one punch ko power like it's a big deal it's a game changer oh. at 155 <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a game changer at 155 because at 155 there's maybe a handful of guys who can throw hands like that who have that kind of power no. And then, you know, and then a heavyweight, it's literally the entire heavyweight roster has that. So, yeah. So this is the other real quick. Uh, what I'll say is um, I was just watching with Mitch. We were watching. um, It was this, like a music video. Wow. Probably. I don't even know when it was. It was it was, it was pretty long ago. Um, And it had like UFC clips in it and sh- like that. And uh, we were watching, like, it was, like I said, it was older. So it was, like, the Chuck Liddell, the Rampage Jackson and shit like that. And mm-hmm. he was just, like, he asked me this. He said, do you, like, you think, like, UFC fighters, MMA in general, like, have has gotten more, like, like technical and just better in the last couple of years and everything? And, like, I didn't get into MMA and, like, probably until... McGregor. A little bit earlier, even I'd say, but Silva um, was the first. Was Anderson Silva was the first person who really drew me into the sport. It yeah. made me a casual, like where I would follow it, maybe watch a pay per view every now and then. Exactly. That. That. Well, that's how I was. Uh, it was. It wasn't until kind of like the back. I mean, I know his. What when was Silva's like most recent fight? It, it wasn't too long ago, right? He just lost about four months ago to Uriah Hall. Uriah yeah. Hall knocked him out. So yeah. I I got on like the back end of his like streak Silva's streak and shit. Yeah. And then, um, it was like, I remember watching the, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they fought twice or not. I think they did. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir. You remember mm-hmm. when that happened? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's how, that's kind of what got me into it. Just because once again, it's like, I, I just knew Brock Lesnar from WWE and everything. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, yo, this, this dude's fucking massive. Like it, he, he's gotta be good fighter. And then, like, he had his little streak or whatever. Like, he got – he was champion for a little while or whatever. And then um, that's kind of, like, what got me into, like, what you said. It's like, I'll, I'd watch, like, a pay-per-view here and there. But then, like, you did say the McGregor. Like, when he started getting, like, those – the Diaz fights and shit like that, when I was starting to see that kind of stuff, I was like, okay, like, yeah, this is this is fucking cool. And, like, yeah. now it's to the point where, like, I'm watching every single fight. And, and it's just, like – but I want to say this. It's like – I haven't seen that much of the older stuff when the Chuck Liddell's and the GSP and BJ Penn and that kind of era was in there. But I have watched the fights pr- like now looking back on them and I'm just looking at these guys now. And it's, it's kind of the same thing with, um, you know, like other sports and stuff. Like I just feel like these, these kids 
are just like they're fucking bred for it. Like from from when they're, you know, 10 years old or whatever, and they're just in there just working like crazy. And I feel like this just like the technicality and the the, the, the actual skill. They're starting, yeah, they're starting younger. Bro, it's yeah. like and and you could you could see, I feel like just the fights are just much more um, you know, like technical nowadays. They're they're it's it's like you said, they just start so much younger and then they get so good so young. Yeah. No, well, it's like so a few things to your point. <clears throat> it's it's you got now you got kids who are they're they'll make a UFC debut at 23 and yeah. they've been training mixed martial arts at that point for like eight years where yeah. back in the day, like to what you said was you'd get somebody, I guess, to articulate this point a little better is when UFC was first starting, it was very one style versus the other. So it'd be like a guy who was a purely jujitsu guy against a striker. And you would see kind of what happened. And then, and then it like Brazilian jujitsu kind of flipped the UFC on its head. Cause everyone was like, Oh fuck. Like, Holy shit. The ground game is so important. Like yeah. these strikers were like, if I get on the ground, I'm fucked. So yeah. strikers started learning Brazilian jujitsu or wrestling to counter that. So then you started seeing the ground game not become as much of a game changer. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just started seeing these. And now it's like, instead of getting these guys who would be a specialist in an art, and then they go and train to get better, to become a mixed martial artist. Now you're mm -hmm. seeing guys who are just training mixed martial arts. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not necessarily a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy who's learning kickbox. It's like it's 16 year old kids who are just signing up. They're going to their local MMA, um, you know, MMA Academy in their city and they're just training MMA now and yeah. they'll spend days kickboxing, wrestling and jujitsu. And they'll be training all those things and boxing and they're just training them all at once. And now they're yeah. just, they're just training specifically MMA now. So now it's like, you're getting guy. You, I'm just repeating myself, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, you're not going to get these specialized guys anymore. Now it's like, everybody's just a mixed martial artist. Yeah. Everybody just knows all of it now. And they're, they are starting at a younger age. Like you said, like they're starting, like they're, you're getting guys with 10 years of experience who have like seven fights, but they've been training MMA for 10 years, you know, yeah. wow. way different. It's how every, you see that evolution. It's like, look at the NBA even. Yeah, well, that's what like, I was gonna say. Is like the basketball and stuff. You got fucking Luka Doncic just destroying people. Like he fucking twenty. He's like 21. 22, 20, 22, like twenty two, twenty three, something yeah, like that. Yeah, crazy yeah. dude. And no, he's been playing it, professionally since he was like fifteen, like sixteen. Yeah, like ridiculous. He was nine at, at nineteen. He was the MVP of the second, uh, the second best league in the world. Like he's a freak, man. A lot, and a lot of these kids are. A lot of these kids are. They're just they, they're they're seeing that like. I think Joe Rogan said it best. He says it best about and you see it better in fighting sports is there comes there always becomes uh, always comes along a champion that kind of changes the sport and everybody sees him now as the precedent and they always go like, oh, OK, so I see what he's doing and he's dominating and he's doing all these. So now then like the people who are already in at that high level at that sport with that time who are maybe in the top 10, it might be a little too late for them to change their game unless they're young enough to, yeah. to be able to conquer that. But everybody who's either just starting out has just a few years of experience. They're seeing this and they're not at the level where they're fighting for a championship, but they're going to have now six, seven years to train all of that. So now you're now it's like 
every fighter is going to be fucking doing that. Like there was a young fighter who said, he goes, Oh, this older, he was fighting like an older guard guy. And it was like a changing the guard type of fight. And he goes, yeah, he thinks he's going to throw me off with like his switching stances. He goes, I, he's like, that might've been a big deal when he was in the UFC of like a fighter who was able to switch stances. Yeah. He goes, oh, no. but I've seen that every fight now growing up yeah. because it's not going to throw me off because that happens to me in every fight. Every opponent I've ever had is able to switch stances. Yeah. So that's like the little stuff where you see the difference in the sport now. 100% though, yeah. Oh, uh, I feel like it comes down to that the, the sport hasn't been around that long either. Oh, really? So I, like, I think 25 years it, maybe? Yeah, dude. It's like, it's new. It's a new sport. They didn't use gloves when they first started too. I know, I know. That's, that's how brutal this sport was. Like this sport was like, remember that, that team fighting shit we saw at <laughs> yeah. your house? Yeah, yeah, it was like, UFC was pretty much like that when it first started yeah. out. It was like almost like they were at a bar and then they put a cage in the back of the bar and they're like, hey, if you also want to watch this UFC fight and get drunk, you can come do that. And that was pretty much like what UFC started out as. And now it's yeah. like this mega sport really taking over the world. Well, I didn't even know. Um, I, I forget who I think. Yeah, I think it was Mitch. He's, he showed me. Um, I didn't even know that it was they, they had uh, full capacity there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the other from here thing on that you, you got to think is like, even I know Usman said something about it. He said like, oh, like, I mean, obviously, he's like the energy is just fucking different as yeah. opposed to when there's fucking like maybe a hundred nobody people in, in there. there. Yeah, yeah, you know, all I mean, staff workers, exactly. hundred people, and they're all staff workers. Exactly. So it's like there's, <laughs> it's like not even a fucking event or anything. So I could just imagine just like that too like with the nerves and stuff like it's fuck dude it's been a year you know it's been over a year since we had fucking people in the in the crowd and shit like that so it's like you gotta kind of think to yourself that like not that they get they got quote-unquote used to it but it's like i don't think you're wrong dude i think you're 100 right in this point keep going yeah it's like when they when they have been especially uzman too because he's like i said we, we've talked about how active he's been this last you know year he's had a couple fights and shit like that it's like you kind of do get like used to the the change there and there's mm-hmm. like nobody in there and everything then and then like bro like walking out and then just seeing all those people hearing them all and everything just like i, I can only imagine what it's like when you're in there obviously like yeah your adrenaline's going you're, you're fucking zoned in and you kind of that shit gets blocked out for for like you know what i mean a little mm-hmm. bit but at the same time, being that it's quote unquote hasn't been a year since you had people in there, and it's like it has to like trip you up a little bit. It has to. It absolutely has to. Just the fact of you hear the people like when all right. So maybe when there's nobody in there, you get rocked a little bit, and you know you didn't get rocked, but you know like okay, like I I, I had a, I got staggered a little yeah. bit or whatever. But like nobody, you don't you don't hear nobody in the crowd saying oh, but like. I feel like when you get rocked like that and you hear the crowd say that it's got to trip you in your head and be like, Oh shit. Like I really did just get rocked. And it, yeah. it, it, it gets in your head a little bit more. Absolutely. And then it's like, Oh, like I don't want to get rocked like that again because the, the crowd, you know, everything like that, it has to go in your head like that. So I was just like, he said that. And, and he was just like, yeah, like the nerves and everything. He was like, I don't think it was necessarily as my nerves weren't as much as the first miles at all fight. Cause like, as you were saying, um, that was probably the first time that a lot of people really saw like the fight with Usman and shit like that. Yeah. And, but he was like, the nerves were definitely there coming out and everything and, and seeing all the people is kind of what he said. 
And it just got me thinking about that, like having all those people in there. And it's like, it's, it's kind of crazy that like the, the COVID shit like has made that happen. It's a game changer. And and it's, and I think you're going to see it a little bit more like, come on, you're telling me that the green Bay Packers wouldn't have benefited from having fans in there when they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC title. Like they, of course they would have benefited fans. It might not have affected Tom Brady, but it could have affected all of Tom Brady's teammates who this is their first time ever being that far in the playoffs. But yeah, no, I I think fans are a big, big deal. I'm going to go ahead and say something. I think it got to Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. Honest. I, and maybe yeah. this is just me and because I'm a Nate, like when I just, when I get a feeling about a fight, like I get, I sell all into my feelings about it. Like I, yeah. like if I get like a gut check feeling like anybody where I'm just like, oh man, I just don't think he's from the moment they started doing like the press conferences on fight week leading up to it. I was mm-hmm. just watching Masvidal and I was just like, he doesn't look confident. Yeah, like there was just something about it where I was just watching him and I was like, he doesn't look confident. Like he uh, doesn't look like, he, not that he doesn't want this fight, but he looks like he just knows, like he's like still trying to figure out how can he beat him. Yeah. And like he just looked like he, he didn't think he was gonna get knocked out, but he was looking like I'm gonna lose this fight. Like even going into the fight, like he looked like he just knew he was gonna lose. And and that's kind of what I told. I told uh, Chris yesterday, we we were talking about it right before the fight started. I was all, I was like, man, you know, I think Usman's going to win because this is why is I think what he's going to do is he's going to try and strike with them on the feet. I think he's going to have a full camp to train on the feet. He's going to strike with them. And he knows in his back pocket that if things go south, he can always push him up against the fence and take him down. Like he knows that's there. So he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to just come out and do it because he knows that's what the wind's going to be. He's going to see what yeah. he can, he's going to see if he can beat him striking. He's going to try, he's going to try and out beat him. Or he's just going to try and beat him. And if it's not going his way on the feet, he can lean on that and he knows he can win that win that way. Um, so I just thought Masvidal even like he wasn't really like he wasn't doing like his game bread stuff where, you know, he was in the cage. He wasn't doing his smirking like right before. The only time yeah. I saw him smirk was whenever Usman would crack him and then he would smirk like he was trying to put on a poker face. And every time he did that, I was like, oh, Usman. Yeah, that just clarified it. Yeah, Usman really did crack you because you're yeah. going to smile it off. But he wasn't yeah. he just. He just didn't look present to me. It was uh, Jorge Masvidal. He didn't look like he just, I don't know. Like it it just didn't look like he believed in himself sort of thing. And and maybe that's just me being a pessimist and, Mm -hmm. and I wanted him to win, but like, I I truly, I was just watching everything leading up to it before the first round was even going. And I was like, that's not going to happen. And then the first round happens. And like, it was a little even in the beginning, the first couple of minutes, but I mean, Usman sat him. I think once in the first round too, and he cracked him a couple of times. It sent Jorge back and like, you could see Jorge, and then Jorge would like kind of do his smirk. And I was like, Oh yeah, he just fucking killed you on that. Yeah. And then you go to, and then you go to the, you know, end of the first round and they're in their corners. And I was watching, they did the split screen of the corners and yeah. I was watching them. Usman totally calm and collected Jorge Masvidal's corner. They were feeding him water, putting ice on his back, dumping water on his head. He was breathing heavy. I was like, this is over. I was like, this is yeah. absolutely over. And yeah. that was before they even the second round started. I was like, I was just watching Jorge Masvidal's corner and he just was like, you know, he, he just looked 
already gassed. He looked like his team was trying to ice him down. He was just like, his corner just looked panicked. And then they were like, you could tell they realized they're like, fuck, we're getting outstruck. We can't stop the takedowns. And it was just like, they, they kind of didn't really have advice for him. They were just like, yeah. get in there, champ. Get in there. Yeah. Get in, get in there and try and win, I guess. Cause like mm-hmm. he was losing in every aspect of that fight, in my opinion. And yeah. then he just got absolutely, I mean, he got folded, bro. He got folded. He literally went night night. Yeah. There's a picture of it, like right after where Usman's, Usman's uh, fist clears the jaw and he's turned sideways and his his eyes shut. His eyes are completely shut. He even has like a little weird, like seems like a smile on his face. Like he's like sleeping and he's just happy. <laughs> like it, it, like Jorge Masvidal <laughs> got fucking knocked the fuck out, bro. It yeah. was gnarly. And I'm going to be honest. And I like Colby. I I really like Colby. But I think he's gonna get. I think he's gonna lose too to Kamaru Usman. I think Kamaru Usman's gonna knock him out because Colby, Colby is just like Kamaru Usman, but doesn't hit as hard as Kamaru Usman. That's yeah. the thing, and so that's why I think it's gonna be hard for them. I think that's why it's gonna be hard for Colby to fight him unless Colby can just overwhelm him with volume. Yeah, I don't. I you know, that's that's I think the key to victory for Kamaru or for for uh, Colby because Colby doesn't have power like he just uh, he doesn't have that kind of knockout power like that mm-hmm. so yeah. i mean the, the first fight with them it was a i like that fight a lot it was a good like it was entertaining actually and and i think honestly it might have gotten stopped a little early it was a but, stupid stop especially because there was like 40 yeah. seconds left in the fight yeah i definitely think it was, it was stopped and everything and like realistically even if it did go all the way like Probably still, you know, Usman probably still would have won. Um, by I thought it was a pretty close fight. Um, I've read a lot of people who were saying that they thought Colby was winning the fight. Yeah. Um, Colby was winning the fight. There was also obviously the in this, I think the first and second round, there was a couple of bullshit stoppages where Usman tried to say he got kicked in the nuts, and it was like they played the replay, and it was like a clear yeah, liver shot. It yeah, was like a clear remember. liver shot, and. Uh, he said it was a nut shot and then the ref gave him the time and then Usman collected himself for like two minutes and they restarted the fight. The yeah. fight should have been over. Um, and you know, but I, when I watched the fight back, I mean, I had Usman, I had Usman winning three. I had Usman winning the fight. Even if it had gone, I would have had Usman winning like three rounds to two, maybe even four to one. Um, yeah. not saying that the stoppages for him weren't bullshit that totally went in the wrong favor of Colby, but yeah. you know, I, I, it's a good fight. I would definitely watch it again. I think it'll be interesting. Cause I'd be curious to see how much Colby's changed since that fight. I and mean, he's only had one fight since. Well, yeah, um, he, he said that he got it. He has like a new team as well since then. So yeah, he left AKA. Um, yeah, that, so yeah. I don't know. We'll see, Mar- man. It'll be a good Mar- fight Mar- though. Fight went to the, the, the f- whole five rounds and everything. The first one. And then like, look at this one, like, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it could be a, a big difference either way. It makes me go, why didn't you fight like this the first time you fought Masvidal? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, which kind of confuses me. Um, another thing like, about Masvidal. Again, though, I, think, I think it was this, the, like he said, like in the, in the conference, he said like the nerves and shit. It's like, yeah, I'm sure when you go in there, especially on that big stage like that for the first time, kind of knowing that a lot of people are going to be looking at it and everything is just like, once again, it's just those nerves. You kind of want to stay a little bit more um, safe. 
Yeah, you know, you don't. And to your to point too, like about his about you said it earlier when he was like, "You're all Usman just knows how to win." Yeah, he knew that. He knew he's like, "Look, yeah, I I didn't have any chance to study really Horam Oswald. I got six days also to study him, uh, look and try and train. What mm -hmm. I do know is I'm the best wrestler in this division, and nobody can take me down, and I can take everybody down. I know I'll win this way." And so he went out and secured the victory and he goes, I'll give him, I can give him a rematch later, but like, you know, I am going to, I'm going to make sure first and foremost, I leave this cage with a W and that, yeah. that is, that is the most important thing. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to ask you about Jorge Masvidal. What do you think this does to his stock? I mean, I definitely think like, uh, it, it'll drop it down a little bit. I mean, the same thing even with McGregor. Like, when that shit happened, it's like, now it's what? The, it's the last two fights that he fought, and he's lost. Um, with no, the no, he didn't. He oh, won, no. He, well, he beat Cerrone, yeah. All right, yeah. Well, I don't know what your opinion on that is, but, like, bro, that was, that was a get-back fight. Like, bro, that... Cerrone well, which not, is what a lot of... So, it's funny you say that. That's actually funny you say that, because... That's what a lot of people said well, about McGregor when he fought Poirier. They're like, why are you fighting Poirier in your first fight back in like a year and a half? Because yeah. Dustin had been fighting. Dustin, yeah. was, Dustin was fresh. He'd been fighting. He was in that rhythm of fighting. And he was the number one, and he was the number one contender. Yeah. Were, a lot of people were like, why didn't McGregor fight somebody who was like a mid-ranked guy to get like back on his horse and like kind of get yeah. back to his feel? Um, which when McGregor even showed his text to Dana White, he was actually asking for that. He's like, let me fight Alaquinta, who's like ranked 11th. And he goes, let me fight Kevin Lee. And he was like naming all these lightweights that weren't even like in the top five. And, yeah. you know, but he's like, I know I can sell. I, first of all, just me being there will sell the fight Two, yeah. It'll be a good get back fight. Somebody who's lower ranked shouldn't be as good as me, but isn't like a Dustin Poirier or a Justin Gaethje, somebody who's one of these top five killers. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, but now he's had a few months of training and he's specifically from, it sounds like training martial arts. He should have a different take this fight. He should be a little lighter on the feet, but if he comes out looking stiff, I mean, to me personally, you'll be able to know in the first minute of the fight, whether or not McGregor is going to win. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I with, with the Masvidal thing, like I definitely think it'll drop his stock a little bit. Sure. Um, kind of just depends on what what the next move for him is. And we'll never get another it, title shot. He's pretty much just gonna have to be a big money maker for you know pay per views from here on out. Oh. Yeah, basically for sure. But I mean, it, it kind of just depends on yeah, like what he's gonna do if he if he could keep keep you know winning after this because. It's like it's kind of it's kind of I mean obviously like Tyrone Woodley like he he's a little older and everything too but like when you lose like a streak like that it's like it's definitely drops the stock for sure and especially and that's just like a guy that's not in the quote unquote limelight anymore or whatever spotlight like when you have a guy like that like like Masvidal that's has this like spotlight on him in the past you know a couple of years or whatever or like McGregor when you lose a streak, like if you're on a losing streak like that, it I feel like it impacts them a lot more just because they are quote unquote the 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 big big guys, the you big know. Draw, yeah, yeah. So if you lose your draw, uh, and especially because he's gonna drop in the rankings. He's probably gonna drop to like seventh. He's gonna be like a middle ranked um, welterweight now. Who's he gonna fight? Like, 
Yeah. Cause I, I don't see, I don't see a path. I don't see a path for him to getting back to the title. No. I mean, unless, unless he goes on a tear and wins does like what, you know, Robert Whitaker does. And he goes on a tear and beats like, goes like on a four fight win streak. And he beats, you know, top contenders. Like yeah. everybody's in the top eight, you know, that he beats and he just beats everybody, but the champion, that's the only way he could work his way back to a title fight. I don't see it happening. Um, I, I, I personally, I think he's going to lose a lot of his draw. He'll still have some, um, he'll still have some draw. Cause you know, whether he's like what happened last night, like it was so great fight, right? It didn't yeah. go. He, he literally, in my opinion, had no shot at winning that fight yeah. from like watching it. Like there was no time throughout that fight where you thought Jorge was getting the better of Usman throughout the whole entire yeah. fight, but it was a great show. He got knocked out, put up, Big fucking numbers, probably. Um, like he'll—he's either gonna knock somebody out or get knocked out. I think at this point. I think at this point now he's just like, gonna be a performance bonus hunter, and that's what he's gonna do. Yeah. And yeah. you know, which isn't bad. Um, mm -hmm. I'd be interested. Who'd you who who would you want him to fight next? We know Colby is out of the picture, but who uh, would you want? Who, who do you think you would that. want him to fight? And um, Wonder Boy's fighting Gilbert Burns. Leon Edwards is, is Nate Diaz. So those, those fights are already made. Um, here, let me read. I'm going to read you some welterweight contenders, actually. Let's see. We'll see who you got. Um, Mauro Usman just jumped number two in the welterweight. Uh, or pound for pound. Oh, I mean, oh. Who's number okay. one? Um, so number one's John Jones, two's Kamaru Usman, and then Volkanowski's uh three. Mm -hmm. Um so we've got Ooh, I wonder who number 10 was. Somebody just they left somebody blank. That's weird. Um, anyways, so welterweight Colby, he's Colby, Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards. And Wonder Boy, Stephen Thompson are all taken. Tyron Woodley is no longer there. So Jorge Mazadal, he could probably fight Vicente Luque, who just knocked out Tyron Woodley. Michael Chiesa, he's a monster. Um, Neil Magny, Jeff Neal. Ooh, that would be a good fight. Jeff Neal. Did you watch uh, Jeff Neal fight Wonder Boy? Mm, no, I didn't get no. So he fought he fought um Wonderboy a few months ago. He's got heavy hands. That would actually be in yeah. there. He's more of a boxer. That would be a good fight for Jorge Masvidal. That'd be interesting. Oh. Sean, ooh, Sean Brady. Sean Brady. I was looking at that. I was looking at Sean Brady, honestly. I'm looking at the, the not only does he have the best ink in all of UFC, but this man is a fucking gorilla on the ground, bro. Yeah. He's a beast on the ground. Sean Brady would be. I think he's gonna. I think he's the guy who can beat Kamaru Usman. To be honest, really, he's just a, because he's a monster on the ground. He's a big, strong dude, and he's a monster on the ground. Um, which I think would present Kamaru Usman a lot of problems. And if his striking gets better, he's gonna be. He's gonna be an issue. He's kind of like Kamaru Usman. He's coming from a grappling background, and then learning striking and 
He could fight because he's a bit he's a big welterweight too. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he moved up to uh, middleweight. Bro, I haven't heard anything about um that fucking guy, yo. Um, he's oh, what is he? I forget where he's from. Hamza Kamai. Oh, Hamza Shamai. Yeah, he's technically. He's technically. Um, I think he's technically from Russia or Dagestan somewhere too. But That's he's. But he grew up in Sweden. Okay. So he grew up in Sweden at a very young age. So I think he technically fights under the Swedish flag. Um, yeah, that's why I think so. But yeah, it, okay, I got opinions on that man. He's a good fighter, but the man needs to shut the fuck up, dude. Because he keeps saying he's like he's just saying like ridiculous, ludicrous shit. Where he's like, I will beat Kamaru Usman, Israel Adesanya, and Jan Blahovich for all three of their titles in the same night. He's like, line it up, I'll do it. And I'm like. No, you fucking will not, bro. It's like, first of all, the weight jumps. How, like, how There's in the world do you be able to even, yeah, yeah, like, how in the world do you even be able to pull that off realistically? Second, as like, not. there's no fucking way you would ever do that ever. No, not. I now. mean, I think it's. I think he'd be good. I think he'd be good for Kamar Usman. I think you're right about that. But like in yeah. a year, yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. It's like he he hasn't. I mean, he fought that that last guy. Um, you know, he put him on his ass in fucking the first round or whatever. Like real quick, seconds. Yeah, yeah, it was real quick. But like he hasn't. I mean, dude, the like we were just talking about before, just the skill gap is between these fucking guys and these the Kamar Usmans, the fucking you know. I mean, these types of guys that are that they're just like it's it's crazy. Like that's why the skill Usman, gap from just fifteenth to tenth ranked. Is that's what massive. I'm saying. So then, yeah. uh, obviously, imagine like five to one or like that top five. It's like, dude, those, those, like you said, bro, like the Gaethys, the Poirier's, like they're certified fucking killers, bro. Like certified. for real. And yeah. and I would imagine going into the one of those fights with with somebody like, as opposed to you know one of these guys, 15, 14, 11, something like that. It's like it's a lot different. So before I can make a, a a real good assessment on him, like I need to see him get fucking challenged, like. Because he kind of came out of nowhere, at least for me. It was like when the whole coronavirus thing happened and they were going to Abu Dhabi or whatever and they were doing that shit there. He kind of came out of nowhere and people were like, yo, like this, he's the truth, like this and that, yeah. all this stuff. And then, like I said, I mean, I haven't seen him fight anybody like really crazy yet. So. He got sick. He remember he got COVID. He went through a fucking weird thing, man. So he got COVID. And he got, he was actually supposed to fight Leon Edwards. That mm-hmm. fight got canceled, then rescheduled, then canceled again. And then he claimed he was retiring and he was quitting MMA. And then he came back and now he's like, now he's talking shit about everybody and he doesn't even have a fight lined up. It's really like the whole Hamjot Shemai thing is very, very weird because he got sick and then he started like popping up blood after he got over COVID. But then Dana White was like, it's because he's training and he's not supposed to be training right now. And he's pushing his body too hard. And the the doctors are telling him, you don't train for another two weeks. And what does the guy do? He goes and trains. And then he starts coughing up blood. And it's like, of course, he's overworking himself and he should be resting. And then he comes back and now they're, I think they're trying to make him a fight, but it's just a weird, he's good. He's good. Don't get me wrong. Like he's beating these dudes. He was the dudes he was beating. He was beating them quick, and he was just bodying them. But 
like you said, you're going to get into these top divisions. You're going to start top rankings. You're going to start seeing yourself for him to be like, oh, I want to fight Usman. It's like, dude, you're not even ranked. I think he's now ranked in the top 15 because mm. a lot of people like Woodley dropped out. Yeah. Um, cut and a couple other guys did too, but he's going to be in the top 15, but it's like, maybe set your sights on somebody a little lower, like somebody at maybe ranked 10th, you know? Yeah. Like, I definitely think that. But like he, I'd be curious how he, he would do against a Vicente Luque, you know? Like mm-hmm. I think Vicente Luque and Hamza Shamaya would be a great fight. Yeah. It'd be a great, great fight. Um, That would be a good one. Uh, he's definitely a killer. He's going to be a good, um, yeah, Dagestan. I mean, they're gonna be, they're gonna be taking over. <laughs> they're gonna be taking over the USC here. You got Islam Makachev at uh, who's like Khabib's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's rising through the ranks at 155. Um, then you have uh, Zambid. I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his last name, but he's a featherweight at 145, also from Russia. He's a beast. Um, then you have Hamjat Shamai at 170. Um, I don't, I think, I think that's it as of now. Oh, Pewter Jan at 135. Mm-hmm. He's from Russia. I think he's technically Siberian, but, um, which is just like Russia on steroids. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like even more Russian, even Russians are like looking at Siberians and they're like, fucking, Hey, those guys are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad they are. But yeah, they just grow a completely different way than anybody else. Like that, well, that, that's, that's crazy. What do you think about the, uh, Marvin Vittori, uh, Israel to Sonia fight? They got, they got scheduled. Yeah, it's going to be at uh, UFC 263 in June. Really? I Izzy's another it. active champion, bro. Izzy's always down yeah. to fight. That's why I like Izzy. And I yeah. liked Izzy. It was one of those things where, like, about the Jan Blahovich fight was, I wasn't, I wanted Jan really, really bad. He's my favorite fighter in the UFC. Um, but I wanted him really, really bad. But I wasn't going to be upset if Izzy won. Like, I would have been a little yeah. hurt, a little, you know, a little, a little upset, but yeah. not as bad if Izzy had won. And then Izzy handled that loss just so beautifully, just like just like a great, respectable champion would, and made me even a bigger fan of him. Um, him, Marvin Vittori, he beat Marvin Vittori in a split decision like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, gonna be an interesting, gonna be an interesting uh, rematch for sure. Um, I still think Izzy's gonna win because what I saw against Kevin Holland from Marvin Vittori is mm. was not impressive. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Cause first of all, what he did against Kevin Holland, while yeah, he dominated Kevin Holland's terrible on his back on the ground. Um, he's going to be, Oh, he's going to be fine. Kevin Holland is a fighter for all you guys listening, but he's, he's not very good on the ground. And Marvin Vittori, while dominated him, didn't like look super fucking scary on top. Yeah. And he didn't look like he was like, really hurting Kevin Holland. He did in a couple rounds, but it didn't look that bad. And then on the feet, Kevin Holland, as soon as he would ever get on the feet, Kevin Holland came close to knocking him out like two or three different times to steal yeah. the whole fucking fight. And Izzy's a better striker, maybe not as much power as Kevin Holland, but he's a better striker. Yeah, and yeah. his takedown defense is astronomically better than, than Kevin Holland's. So good luck to Marvin Vittori. I don't see it happening. I think he's to seal Brendan Schaub's lines. Uh, I think he's going to get lit up like an Italian Christmas tree. So 
<laughs> it's like an Italian Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, Izzy's, he's Izzy's minus 235 right now for the odds. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to – I think it's going to be a third-round TKO. Yeah. What do you? Who? What's the fight right now you would make? Like, is there a fight out there that you're kind of itching to see? Hmm. Not, not really. I, bro, I was really hyped for the fucking uh, the Tony Ferguson fight with uh, Khabib. Honestly, oh, and I know, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, I know. Um, uh, you know, he got what was it? He, he, what happened with that? He got like, didn't he get COVID or something? Well, Why one of them, Khabib. One of them was. I think there was like three times they were supposed to fight, and one yeah. of them he got hurt. Um, no, four times there's a fight. One of them, Khabib got hurt, then yep. Khabib missed weight, and then Tony Ferguson got hurt. And then the fight with the reason he fought Justin Gaethje was because then Khabib, because of COVID, couldn't come over because flights yeah, were canceled. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I mean, I mean, he got absolutely annihilated by Gaethje, but at the same time, like, I don't know, man, it, it, it's it's different, the completely different fighters and shit. Once again, I mean, like. I don't know, man. That that's Ferguson was he was training to fight Khabib, not Gagey. So that whole camp was it, it, you know, it was completely different fight outcome than what you were expecting. And you're trained this whole time for a, a really ground game type fight, and then that's the exact opposite of what happened. So yeah, I would have liked to see that just because, like, I I I mean, dude, do you see the picture of like the Tony Ferguson, like his fighters, like what he does to these people, bro? He's fucking mangles their faces and stuff. Like, yeah. and it's just like I wanted to see that, but I, I would like to see I would like to see Colby and, and Mazadol fight. Yeah, I know it won't happen, but I would not, like to not see until that. not until Col Colby loses to Usman. Yeah, if if, if we, yeah, if that happens, then maybe they might, especially because of the bad blood and everything with them. Yeah. That's why it's like it's just like I, I like that kind of shit. It's like I like so, the I okay. So you just sparked this question of mine. Hmm. Okay, so Colby beat let's say Colby beats Usman. Like, let's play this what if game. He beats Usman. Who does he fight then? Like my to me, the only person that you can maybe think is so I know Gilbert Burns and Wonderboy are fighting, and I know yeah. Wonderboy is pretty much like on his last run. Yeah. So my only thinking is they would make it Wonderboy versus Colby. Is yeah. that would be like the only fight to make because as much as I do think the Jorge Masvidal Kobe fight would be interesting, are you really gonna give Masvidal another title shot? No, nah, yeah, if a third if title I, shot in a year, that would be uh, brazen. No, nah, yeah, no. Nah. If 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 Kobe would win, um, I don't think that Masvidal would be fighting him after that. I think uh, maybe. I mean, it depends on it's all timeline dependent, de like determined. You got Leon Edwards too out there hunting yeah. and lurking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of title movements. A lot mm -hmm. of great shit, bro. Gilbert Burns, yo, I, I thought that that fight with Kamaru was gonna go a little differently too. But it, I don't know if you remember in the beginning of that up. fight too. Well, yeah, obviously, but in the beginning of that fight, like he he hit Kamaru one time, and Kamaru looked like he got rocked a little Kamaru bit. Kamaru got sat. Bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I mean, like you said, I don't think I I, I agree. I think Gilbert could. I think Gilbert could beat him. I think Gilbert has yeah. the ability to because he's better on the ground than Usman. Mm -hmm. Um, 
where I, I mean, yeah, because like what you said is Gilbert Burns, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is I think Gilbert once Gilbert Burns should have won that fight against Usman. Now he didn't, and props to Usman because Usman was smart. What he did was he just like Burns' big problem was he rocked Usman and then slipped and fell on trying to attempt a head kick. Yeah. And then stayed on the ground for like two minutes yeah. while Usman got to collect himself. And yeah. Usman was doing smart. He kept, he was like, well, I don't want you to get up, so I'm going to keep kicking you, making it yeah. seem like it's dangerous for you to get up. He should have, like, Burns, what he should have done was known that, that he was on the rope, Usman, and he should have risked getting hit and tried to pop up quick and then yeah. finish the fight. That was his opportunity, and he missed it. And after that, he never recovered. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think he he does have the 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 ability to you know go go toe to toe with Usman for sure. And like we kind of saw it in the very beginning there, but like you said, after he got he he missed he did slip with that kick, and then he fucking just stayed on the ground. And then that's the hardest thing is like when you when you rock somebody like that, or even with the Colby fight where you're saying uh with the low blow shit like that, it's like when you have those two minutes or whatever like to fucking regain like that's, it, it, dude it, it's night and day it's it's literally yep. like it's turning the switch on and off like you i mean you gotta keep 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 that pressure on them when when you get a nice hit like that but i mean once again though it's like same thing kind of with with the masvidal situation like do you give burns like the uh, another title shot like he literally just fought him yeah, he'd have fight. to beat Burns' title shot, uh, second title shot. I don't think it's going to be out of out of uh, the realm of Burns getting another title shot because uh, he's only had one, and yeah. he it, and he's still a top ranked guy. So like Usman, he's because yeah. he's fourth. He after losing this, like he's probably going to drop to about seventh in the rankings. So he's going to have a little bit of a journey to get back up there. But Burns, I mean, if he beats Wonder Boy, and then like. I think what'll happen, so I think this is what'll be more than likely to happen is you got Colby versus Usman. Mm-hmm. And then the winner, the winner of Wonder Boy Burns is gonna fight the winner of uh, Ni- uh, Nick and Leon. Mm-hmm. Nick and Leon Edwards are fighting too. The winner of those two fights will probably fight each other for the number one contendership, I imagine. Yeah. And then the winner of that will fight whoever wins the Colby Usman fight. That yeah. that to me is the fights to make at welterweight. Yeah. But if so, if Burns wins and then beats Leon. I mean, it's kind of hard to fucking argue Burns doesn't get another shot at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, look, I, you know, I, I could have rocked him. I made some mistakes in the first fight. I lost, obviously, but then I bounced back by beating everybody in the top fucking five. So who else are you gonna have to do? And then Usman's just gonna be like, oh, and now I'm lapping everybody, and so you got all that whole thing. And now he's you know got this claim to being better than GSP and shit like that. And it's like, all right. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's going to be a long grueling ride with Usman as champion on my opinion, yeah. but you know, he, he's good, man. He's, I have nothing to say about him as a fighter. He kind of, he annoys me, but like man gets shit done. So you can't really that's, knock him for it. That's a fact for sure. It's like, yeah. that again, he just knows how to win, bro. He definitely yeah. knows how to win, knows what, what, what to do, what he has to do. And he fucking gets it done. So the biggest thing with me with that was, was the fucking the foot stomping, bro. That shit just, I just blew my mind, bro. I was really pissed. Yeah, yeah and I, I think it was just a bad introduction to the world for Usman because, you know, I, I think that a lot of people, that was their first true fight they were watching. And then so then they go, 
the fuck this guy this guy's a champion all he does is push people up against a chain a cage and stomp on their feet and that was their first fight they ever really witnessed of Usman Usman wasn't a household name until after that fight I mean, probably a household name for the wrong reasons after that fight but yeah yeah um well hey man uh I'm gonna uh wrap it up here but before we go I do want to let you give out uh do tell everybody and the fans about your songs coming out, your album, everything new for yeah. you and on your end over there. For sure. Yeah. So we've been working, um, you know, I've been just stacking a bunch of songs lately. Um, I got a couple of videos coming out very shortly. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have the the group project coming out. Um, we're in actually, it was funny cause you literally said, uh, earlier, uh, you know, hindsight is 2020. So, our uh, our next uh tape is gonna come out it's gonna be titled hindsight um that's uh, looking on ah uh, man i don't know exactly when i'm kind of getting done with the, the masters right now and everything i gotta you know do that and then send it over to the group and shit and just get everything okayed um working on the cover art and shit like that but yeah basically in the works for that that's probably gonna be uh, like 11 12 songs something like that and uh, that's coming out very shortly here. I'm trying pushing for like middle of May sometime. So like probably two, three weeks from now. And then um, I also have two EPs that I'm going to be dropping uh, solo. And I have one that's more of like a harder type EP, more upbeat shit. And then I have a, an EP that's going to be a little bit slower and shit like that. But I've been working on that for a while How now. How many songs each EP? Uh, probably like six or seven each. Okay, perfect. That's good. And uh, yeah, so like I was just in, in the process, like, cause I, I don't know, like I, I've been making a lot of songs lately, just like kind of quick, just doing them. And then originally what I was going to do is I was going to do a, an actual album for the like, solo album to to drop. But then I don't know, like it's, it's, it's a hard decision, perfect, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Perfect, especially for your, your generation, my generation, I yeah. think EPs are the perfect albums nowadays. Yeah. So like, it, cause like I said, it was like, it's hard to like make a, a, a cohesive tape, but still be able to, um, you know, switch things up, you know, have like the slower songs with the, the, yeah. the upbeat shit. So it's like I was in this predicament that I was just like, yo, like, I'm gonna just let it rock for a little bit longer. And then I, I've been stacking these songs up and like the songs, they, they're just getting better and better. So it's like I'll, I'll like make an album list or something like that or like a couple songs that I want on an album and then like in a, a month after that i'll have five or six more songs that are like better than i'm like oh i gotta yeah. switch and that's just kind of how it's been but at this point now i have i have the cover arts for for my shit um i have one like three or four videos kind of done already um trying to get like a couple more maybe just to to you know with the rollout and everything but my main thing right now is trying to get the 2020 album done um you know get that out because we're gonna you know put a bunch into you know promo for that and shit like that kind of see how that goes um but yeah we we i mean we've been working for sure i feel like so when's your group when's your group's album come out may yeah that's i'm and, i'm i'm hoping like middle of may maybe what the about yours when when's your solo stuff come out probably very shortly after that uh it kind of just depends on you know what what we can do because like i'm gonna my my roommate, uh, my old roommate John JC, he's going. Um, he's gonna be coming down here. He's trying to move down to Florida here, and if that happens, then it's gonna be lit because then we can we can work more. Because right now, what we've been doing is like he's Sending been he, he's been sending stems and shit to me, and like, I mean, it, it's a little different. Definitely is like 
we we were working since 2017. So for 2017, 18, 19, 2020, all those those four four years right there, um, we did um he he was recording with me and I was engineering it and everything. But then when I left, like he was, he knows how to record himself and everything and he can yeah. do a little bit of engineering, but it's like, it's completely different when you're like in there doing it and you can hear exactly what I do so that it like, yeah, what, what it's going to sound like a little bit more. Yeah. So it's like, he he's do- doing that and he's recording himself, sending me the stems. And like, we have a couple of songs on the tape that like, I, that's how it was made. And they, I mean, they sound true fire still, but, um, what we actually have been doing, we've been doing Zoom and we've doing uh, like remote sessions where like I would, you know, engineer it through here. Yeah, yeah. And then the only thing with that is, is um, it obviously it's a little laggy. It's like I could work around it, like, you know what I mean? But it is it, I can't work as fast as if I was fucking there, obviously. But it, the Zoom thing is it's been working. It's been doing this thing. Um, but yeah, if he if he comes down here, it, it's just gonna you know we're gonna spark it, especially because like he's in Philly, and like I don't know like what your your situation is after you moved and ship. Like bro, when I moved from Philly to here, it's like the whole environment and just like dude, the sun, just the environment in general. Like it it, it just made me like happier, just like a different type of so mind. Less stressful, it, you know it, exactly. So, so much I was less just like. it's definitely been different. So I'm like, yo, I'm trying to get him down here and everything. And, you know, same thing with Joey too. The other, the other uh, guy in my group, um, I'm trying to get him down here too, because he, he, I feel like like he needs it big time. Like he just needs to come down here and just see something new. There's some of those people too, where you just know you would be like, man, they would flourish in this city. That's what I'm saying. I I really feel like, like, like JC, like, not not a knock on him or anything, but I feel like like Joey would really like flourish down here more, even yeah. just because like his vibe. I, I don't know, it's probably his vibe more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. JC, um, he he would he would definitely be lit. But I think the difference between JC and Joey, just the type of people they are, um, JC would come down here and he would get he would flourish, but he wouldn't, um not necessarily i'm not gonna say he wouldn't flourish with the music but i think there's a lot more distractions here for no. him joey yeah. i don't think joey would get distracted as much i think there's more distractions in, in, the, Philly. in florida yeah that's yeah, so like shit like that and just going out to the bars and shit like that a lot better than fucking philly especially right now joey i think he would flourish more just because there's like shit happening outside still people are out and about you know the you yeah. know weather is just like that that sun that and, and like the energy that you get and shit like that it's just better i feel like he'll he'll it'll just flip his world upside down for the for the better for sure but uh i mean at the same time like i said we got we got shit in the tuck we have a bunch of stuff that we're trying to drop and then i mean me and john we have a bunch of shit just like me and him that we have but we're kind of just seeing what what the next move is uh, as much as this tape and shit. We're going to, like I said, put a bunch of money. This is going to be the first time that we're going to put money into like promo because like these first couple of years, we I, we never did any promo at all. Like we might have put like a fucking like $30 Instagram ad up like one time ever. Yeah. And I mean, we got we got 200, like 200,000 streams last year on Spotify alone. Now, like I said, that's completely organic. There's no promo or anything. So we're going to try and double that this year. You guys should try and make some viral videos too with your music as a background. Yeah. That's like, that's like a big one I've been seeing of like artists and how they're getting their pop. It's not, it's like, and it's, you don't have to pay for promo. You Mm -hmm. make a viral video, like you make a funny clip. Like there was a guy who was listening to and it was, 
he was like uh he's this black i guess pop rock rap rap like rapper kind of feel you know like where a lot of rappers they'll have like a rock sound almost to it yeah yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know what you would call it but that um and he made a video and this is how i found him in his songs he made a video and the whole video is about how good his song was and he was playing like different characters throughout his house and everybody was super interested and like he was like his he was like one of his characters with his mom he was she was like listening to the outside of his door of his music and she goes oh my god we're gonna make it out of the hood like it was just viral videos like that yeah, yeah. and it's and then you play your background it's like jack harlow same thing a lot of his stuff he pops off like what's popping was mm -hmm. just super big on tiktok and it kind of blew, yeah. that's what blew up his song yeah so yeah we have i mean we, we checked on tiktok like there's i mean we don't even know like I looked at it the one day. I was like, yo, like our shit is on TikTok. Like I didn't even know like uh, uh, the last album that we dropped, like those songs you could use on TikTok and shit. And there's just like, we, there's people that used it and everything, but it's just like some fucking like random ass TikToks and shit like that. But it, yeah. I mean, it's fucking cool regardless. Just being like, yo, there's just people out there that like, I they don't know. They don't know who I am like or anything. They're using my shit. But I mean, it, it's definitely uh, something that we think about for sure. It's uh, we're, I think we're just more in, uh, trying to get those videos done and shit like that we're trying to get like a really good video done because like i don't know like if you how much like music video type shit that you watch like recently or whatever like there's a big difference between a cameraman and a director and a lot of these people that are making music videos claim that they make videos and everything but they're just cameramen they're just waving a camera around they do a couple transitions and shit and that's like we're trying to go and find somebody that's like yo like you look at that shit and it's like yo like this looks like a film like this looks like a movie that's what we're trying to get. So like the first thing, so we're going to pay a little bit of bread for that. But like, we really haven't found somebody that we've like been wowed from, you know? Yeah. So there was this one guy in Philly um, that we saw recently and he, he's got some fucking fire shit. So we're going to try and hit, hit him up and shit. But like, once again, it's like, yo, I got to fly back down there and everything. It's like a lot of like preparation and shit for yeah. that. But I was going to say, actually, this slipped my mind before. I actually got invited to be on a engineering platform by none other than uh, multi-platinum and multi-Grammy winning uh, engineer, Kendrick Lamar's engineer. His name is Mixed by Ali. You're fucking kidding me. And he fucking, his, his, somebody from his team reached out to me on Instagram. was like, yo, like, fuck with your mixes, this and that. Like, we want you to be on this program that we're starting. And I was like, all right. Like, I thought it was like a scam at first or whatever. But like, it's a verified account and shit. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, say less. Um, Like, what do I got to do? They told me I may make this account and shit like that. And they're like, oh, like, we have a meeting. Tell me you're for doing this. Tell me you're doing this. Yeah, they're like, we oh got my a God. meeting Thank for... Oh, uh, Pablo! Pablo! Yeah, it was sick, yo, for sure. We, they were like, oh, well, there's a meeting for verification um so like i said these engineers like they're handpicked from either him or his team so like to like ensure the quality and everything and uh bro i got on this fucking zoom call with this man's yo and like we were just all chilling it was like me and like 10 other engineers and like i was on the zoom call with this man so i was like yo this is fucking crazy like i don't know how they found me or whatever but like it, it's don't pretty matter. wild so Keep yeah putting your fucking work out there sooner yeah. or later it happens you know it's funny is i i'm getting the point I only have 140 followers. I have two mm -hmm. followers. Two of my followers have over 10,000 people and they're both stand-up comedians. Like, Damn. you can get some recognition somewhere. Yeah. I send out, like, I'm just trying to put shit out. I have been slacking because last week I got I got sick I, just from over-exhaustion and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to keep grinding away. Sooner or later, someone finds your shit. 
yeah someone sure. with some someone with some coal find your shit and that's how it happens this yeah. is a great story for you dude i'm so happy for you congratulations dude yeah, I'm, hyped. I'm not gonna sit I'm here hyped. and you know knock on wood i'm not gonna sit here and say that this is it this is gonna make it but you've made it you're gonna you're going places bro i've been telling you this for a while i'm excited yeah. for all your new shit homie i hope you stick with this kind like this engineering thing that you're doing Please keep going down that, dude. I don't give a fuck if you have to quit your job. I don't give a fuck what you have to do. Focus your attention on that. That's your fucking calling. Like this is this is the universe right now telling you that this is your calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt about it, yo. It was, it was so, definitely it was cool. It was definitely keep cool. Keep doing your fucking shit, bro. I am, dude. This made my day. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so fucking happy, bro. Yeah. congratulations keep doing your fucking thing bro keep for sure, for sure, doing for it bro god awesome. damn that made my day bro I'm hyped. that's fucking awesome dude congratulations man that's that's just great shit bro um you, before i splitsville on you here uh last thing i want to say um you know everybody continue to listen to his music his new music is coming out i'm gonna have him on my show before he releases his EPs and his group solo, we'll have them out. We'll be talking about it, um, and that way we can give you we'll give you a bigger segment to really boost your uh, boost your um, your albums and stuff. For sure, I'm always dude. Down. I'm so happy for you, man. Uh, thank you for telling me that. That made my fucking day. That's fucking awesome, brother. But hey, yeah. as always, I gotta end this. But congratulations, I'm so happy for you, man. Keep doing your fucking work, bro. Keep. Grinding like I see you doing every day. Yeah, content, 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 content. Hey, take it easy, brother. You have a great fucking day, and congratulations, man. Thank you, you too, brother. All right, take it easy, bye. Be good.